in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, both now and ever and unto the ages of all ages, amen. Today's gospel is really special to me, um, and I'll share with you um, why. Uh, uh, in my first year of medical school, um, we had to take like a zillion classes per semester. I think we had like eight or nine classes per semester and some of them had labs and so you ended up with like 12 finals and uh, um, in my second semester we had to take bioethics which was largely uh, uh, like largely a philosophy class it was interesting and everything but it was uh, all in French I didn't speak much French and it was a lot of reading and I didn't read French very well um, and um, there were other things that were like sciences that were like really consuming and so this kind of sat on the back burner so i found myself at the at the final with an 80 percent final and i had like had to have like i wrote a paper or something that i got like 80 percent so i had like i had like 16 marks going into this final and it was an 80 percent final and uh, i really like knew nothing um, and i had spent like about a day and a half cramming trying to learn something uh, and uh, it was about an hour before the exam. I was t totally freaking out. I called my mom. She didn't answer, which was very strange. Uh, I called my sister. We're very close, uh, and she didn't answer, which was also very strange. And then, uh, you know, well, I guess the last resort, I called my dad. <laughs> right? I called my dad uh, at work. Um, and um, uh, my dad never said to me like I'm in a meeting or something like we had his work number We could call him at work. He was a senior project manager of a multi-billion dollar project literally building uh, Aluminum smelters, but I always knew I could call my dad, but he was kind of like the last resort, right? So I called my dad and <clears throat> My dad says to me um, You remember that story where? Um, there was a, a paralyzed man and he really needed Jesus but he had no way to get there. Well, he had four friends. And in the gospel, it says that because of their faith, the Lord healed him. So I want to tell you something, John. Your mom might not be answering the phone because she's probably praying for you. And she's probably told about a zillion other people to pray for you. So at this rate, there's so many people busting through the roof to bring you into Jesus that even if you've done nothing at all, if you just want him to act now, by their faith, you will be healed. I think I got like an 80 in the class, so I must have done reasonably okay on the final. You know, roughly I got an 80, about an 80 on the assignment, so I must have gotten about an 80 on the final. Um, and that was that. It was all like long answer in French, which was not my... It was not my strong suit. And that I had never really realized before that it says that because of their faith, Jesus said to him, Arise, uh, uh, your sins are forgiven you. Take up your bed and walk. And um, the message God really wants to share with us today, like I think what really God, I think really what God wants to get through to us is let's start with the end and work our way to the beginning. At the very end of the gospel, if it's still there on the screen, we can, can just uh, uh, flick. If you go right to the very end of the gospel, it says, at the very, very end, it says, all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Okay, let me just cut to the chase. The goal, 
the goal in our lives as Christians, the goal of the Christian life is to reveal the glory of God. God's glory is not something we fabricate or something we're going to do or create, but God's glory is there and it's real. It's just not necessarily revealed. And God wants us to participate in the revealing of His glory. Why? Because He wants us to share in His glory. So that's what happened here. Why were they amazed? Well, because this man who was paralyzed was healed. And they had never seen anything like this before. It was like the, it was like the hand of God. It was like magic or, 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 or something completely unusual, something completely supernatural. Now, we have to ask ourselves, why did Jesus do this? There were people in Jesus' time that weren't healed, but this man was. So why was this man healed? And if you're praying for a miracle, this is sometimes the most relevant question. And a lot of us are praying for miracles, but we don't realize we're praying for miracles. A lot of us are praying for things that you wouldn't consider to be miraculous. But they've become to us such an unsurmountable challenge that they are. To us, they are very much, it would very much be a miracle. We're praying for joy when we can't remember the last time we were genuinely joyful. We're praying for peace when we can't remember the last time we weren't awoken by our anxieties. We're praying for, I mean, some people are praying for healing and some people are praying for a loved one and, and, and so on and so on, right? But I want to ask you a question. Why did Jesus do this? Very few, if any of Jesus' miracles were to prove were to prove who he is. This is one of the exceptions. God rarely does miracles to, aff to affirm, to, 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 to give us faith. We say, God, if you would do this, I if you just do this, I would believe. That's what they said to Jesus on the cross. Come down from the cross and we'll believe in you. Jesus generally doesn't prove himself. Generally speaking, the creator of the universe has nothing to prove to anybody, in general terms. But in this instance, Jesus says to them, they're saying in their hearts, they're murmuring in their hearts, when Jesus says to this man, your sins are forgiven you, they're murmuring in their hearts and they say, who has power to forgive sins except God alone? And we're going to talk about that in a minute. Jesus answers their thoughts and he says, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he arose and took up his bed. Why did Jesus heal him? That you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. If you walk out of church today knowing nothing else, all Jesus wants you to know is that he has the power on earth to forgive sins. He and only him. Only him. In fact, St. Ambrose says something very nice about the mystery of confession. He says about the priesthood, in their ministry, in the ministry of the priests, of the forgiveness of sins, Pastors who do not exercise the right, they do not exercise the right of some independent power. They're not using some power that they have independently of God. For in their own name, for not in their own name, but in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit do they forgive sins. They ask the Godhead and the Godhead forgives. The service is enabled by humans, but the gift comes from power on high. 
Look, we have no power in and of ourselves. All the power comes from Jesus. Jesus healed this man in front of everybody. Jesus, most of his miracles, if you read carefully, you'll find his miracles of healing, were he took the, somebody aside and he healed him. He went into the room, shut the door, kicked everybody else out and healed the daughter of Jairus. This miracle he did in front of everybody, that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Jesus is telling us this knowledge, this confidence, this belief, this trust is critical, is critical. And he's willing to go against his usual modus operandi, his usual way of doing things. He's willing to go against it to prove this point, to make it clear to you and me. And St. John Chrysostom says the administration is forgiveness of, of forgiveness. So he says, God is the only one who has power to forgive sins. St. John Chrysostom is explaining because it's against God that we have sinned. Like, if I accidentally broke something of yours, then who has power to forgive me? Somebody? Else? No, only you. So only God has power on earth to forgive sins. St. Irenaeus says, How can sins be rightly remitted unless the very one against whom they ha we have sinned grants the pardon? So there, there's, it's clear, it makes, it makes so much sense that it is only God who can forgive sins. But the message, the message that God wants to make so clear to you and to me is that it is Jesus. And the reason I'm saying this and the reason I'm emphasizing this is because I go to a million and one other things to find my peace with myself and my peace with God. I go to my addictions, whatever you know, addictions of the flesh they may be, I go to friends, I go to distraction, I go to all of these different things to find my peace. Peace with myself and peace with God. But Jesus is trying to tell us, come to me, I have the power on earth to forgive sins. I'm going to ask you a question. Who benefited most from the events of this day? It says that everybody went home amazed and glorifying God. Everybody went home and had a story to tell. Everyone went home and said, you can't believe what I saw today. Everyone went home and saying, something amazing happened today. In the book of Acts that we read from today, St. Paul is preaching in a place called Pisidia, somewhere in Asia Minor, somewhere between Antioch and, and Greece. And um, while he's preaching there, he says, he quotes Habakkuk the prophet, and he says, God is saying, I will do a work which is so great that if I were to tell you what I was going to do before I did it, you would never believe me. These people went home saying, I'm going to tell you something God did today, and if, if, I, if I were to tell you, you'd never believe me. Remember that guy that sat begging that, remember him? This guy from Nazareth, some itinerant homeless preacher, came and healed him in front of us all. They, had, they went home with a story to tell. But who benefited even more than them? Maybe the disciples. 
Maybe this was like a landmark event in their lives. Who benefited the most? Who benefited the most in this story? Christ? Maybe. I would wager to say the guy who was paralyzed. He went home with a story to tell and two legs that work. And all of a sudden he was employable. All of a sudden he was the talk of the town. All of a sudden, all of a sudden so many great things. He, he had a new life. A new life started for him that very day. St. Augustine says something to us that's really beautiful. He says to us, who is the paralyzed man? In reference to this passage. He says, you have been paralytic inwardly. You did not take charge of your bed. Your bed took charge of you. Did you get that? St. Augustine is saying, you, let me point the finger at myself and at each one of us, St. Augustine is telling us, you have been the paralytic inwardly. You did not take charge of your bed, but your bed has taken charge of you. There are certain things that have control over my life. And I can't get free of them, similar to this paraplegic man. Jesus is telling you and he's telling me, come to me, I have power to forgive sins and to get you going again. You know, it's really beautiful. Another one of the fathers of the church, St. Peter, Chrysologos says, take up your bed, carry the very mat that once carried you. Change places so that what was the proof of your sickness may now give testimony to your soundness. Your bed of pain becomes the sign of healing. Its very weight, the measure of the strength that has been restored to you. How strong was this paralyzed man once he was healed? I don't know, but he's certainly strong enough to carry his bed. This St. Peter Chrysologos is telling us that the very thing that haunts us, the very thing that shackles us, the very thing that oppresses us, once we have come to Jesus and he has set us free, that will become our testimony. That will become the thing that I want to put on a flagpole and wave it high. This poor man didn't carry, he didn't drag his bed behind him. He was waving it like a flag, I'm imagining. He was saying, look what has done, been done for me. And the same for each one of us. St. Paul says, I don't boast. But if I boast, I boast in my weakness that Christ may be glorified. I'm going to tell you something. Something really, really this boggles my mind. I probably shared this with you a hundred times because I just can't get over it. In every story in the Bible and every story of the saints and every story, there's always a hero. Okay? Like the story of St. Moses, right? And like at the end of the story, St. Moses, like we, we, we say like St. Moses is the hero or I don't know, the story of you know, like crossing of the Red Sea, like Moses brought them across the Red Sea. Now, I have a question for you. Who is the hero in all of these stories? It's God. Who parted the Red Sea, Moses or God? God. Who changed a thief and a robber and a bandit and a, 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 a rapist and a raider to a saint, to a father, 
to a lover of souls, to a, the most hospitable, he was named the most hospitable man in the wilderness. Who? He didn't break and enter anymore. He received people. Who? Who changed him? Moses? No, God. But God is amazing. In every story, he's the hero. But in every story, he says, you're part of this story? Okay, come, come. You be the hero. And he makes you the hero. I don't get him. Everybody in this world is looking for just a snippet of credit that they can steal for themselves. You work on a project with somebody and somebody else says, I'll present, I'll talk, I'll answer the questions. They want to be the ones that work. And it drives those of us who are a little bit quieter or more humble or whatever, it drives us nuts, you know, when, when you work with people like that. God is the opposite. God takes pleasure. He takes joy in making you and I the hero. This gospel is called the gospel of the paralytic. But who's the hero? It's Jesus. But we never say it's the gospel of Jesus healing the paralytic. It's the gospel of the paralytic. Okay, maybe we get bored of, you know, like we're going to naming everything after, after God. But nonetheless, you and I, as painful as it is, I will begin to accept. I will begin to gain the benefits of this paralytic man the moment that I accept that I am also this paralytic man and the things that have control over my life are the very things by which God wishes to show his glory to the world. Now, the last thing that you're probably going to ask me is how? How? Father John, I've been praying. I've been praying that God would take away my sadness. I've been praying that God would take away my anxiety. I've been praying for my loved one to return. I've been praying for, I've been praying, and we've all, we're all praying for our own, for our own miracles. How? What brought this man to Jesus? He couldn't get to Jesus himself. What brought him there? Four friends, right? If we want to be specific, the faith of those four friends. The fathers tell us that you can look at this and you can read this and say, wow, this guy had really good friends. I hope you have four really good friends. If you do, you're in luck. Maybe if they bring you to Jesus, things will work out for you. If they're three or two, I don't know, you know, might not work so well for you. That's one way of, that's one way of, of understanding this. But especially the Alexandrian fathers like to read scripture allegorically a lot or they see allegory a lot in scripture they say these four friends are the four gospels it is the faith of the gospel that carries the paralyzed believer from lying in their bed to jesus what does that mean I make it really simple, okay? Take the thing you're praying for. Lord, I wish to have joy again, okay? Take the gospel. What does the gospel say about joy? Take a promise from joy and do your very best to believe it. It is the faith of the gospel that carries us through 
that carries us through the difficulties in life, that carries us through the things which seem unsurmountable, that carries us through French bioethics exams and lands us with a B plus at the end. Glory be to God forever and ever. Man. I have sinned. Forgive me, my fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters. Please pray for me.